Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. Again, I think that's sometimes why we can get so caught up in this life and we forget about the next one to come. We can think, oh, I've only got 80 years, I've only got 90 years. Yeah. No, no, not true. Not that's if right. you belong to Him, not if you know Him. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. Continuing our series on the names of God, amazing names that all reveal certain facts of God's nature and character, different facets of who he is. In this program, we're going to be learning about the name El Olam. It's funny when you listen to many of the prayers that Jewish people say, and they have, we would just say they are rote prayers, like when people say the Lord's Prayer. Jewish people also have many, many, many prayers that they say, rote or blessings that they say, and um, El Olam is in all of them. Mm, It's in many of those. When I was uh, first studying this, I thought, oh, they say that all the time. And this particular name means that he is everlasting. It means he has been in existence forever. He is eternal. No beginning, no end. That's what this particular name means. Now, we've learned that the name Elohim means that he is a plural God, not many gods, but he is plural in mm-hmm. his essence and nature, but he is creator. Then we looked at El Roy, God sees, um, El Shaddai, that he is almighty. When he makes his promises, he enforces those. He brings them to pass and he won't break his word. He's God almighty. And this one, he, he is eternal, no beginning, no end, everlasting in existence forever. Now, it's very important or interesting about uh, there's a passage in Genesis 21. Actually, I, would, I might ask you to read that if you wouldn't mind. Genesis 21, verses 32 and 33. Yeah, so that says, So they made a covenant at Beersheba, and Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his army, arose and returned to the land of the Philistines. Abraham planted a tamarisk tree at Beersheba, and there he called on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. Okay, this is really, really interesting. Remember, we've talked a few times about and we did last uh, last program too about the covenants that God makes mm-hmm. and how they're eternal covenants. It's an interesting thing that Abraham at this particular point was a sojourner in this land and Beersheba is down sort of the, the not right at the very bottom, but it's well, well south of Jerusalem and it's in a desert region. And at the time, the Philistines lived there. And Abraham was just sojourning in there. God had already promised all this land to him. He said, this is an eternal covenant for you, your descendants after you forever. So Abraham already had this in his head. This land is going to be mine and it's going to be mine forever and Mm. all my descendants. And here comes uh, Abimelech and Phicol of the um, of the Philistines, and they come along and they say, "We would we we kind of see that God is with you, <laughs> and we want to live in peace with you. So we basically want to make a covenant of peace with you. Now this isn't this is not a covenant of land. Mm. This is a covenant of peace. They wanted to live peacefully because they knew that." If Abraham yeah. kept going the way he was, he yep. was going to be a real threat. He was clearly being blessed, wasn't he, in everything that he did? Clearly. And, they actually, and this is, remember, I think we mentioned this a couple of programs ago, but I just can't understand why these other people who had their own gods mm. could see the might and power of the one true God and they didn't decide to jump ship. Yeah, I don't right. understand yeah. that at all. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> so they recognized that God, the one true God, was with Abraham. They didn't want to mess with him. And so they want... A peace covenant. And Abraham's more than happy, but it, he recognizes, 
He calls on the name of the Lord in that verse that you just read as the everlasting God, as El Olam, mm. the everlasting God. Why, why would he do that? Because he recognized that the promise and the covenant that God made with him was eternal, irrespective of what kind of agreements men make. Now, in the covenant that God made with Abraham, it was one-sided. It was God's yeah. covenant, and and in the and especially in the land covenant, he put Abraham to sleep and he did <laughs> yeah, it himself, right. which means it was an unconditional, eternal one. But in an agreement between people, between human beings, the rule of engagement was this: if two people made a covenant with each other, and one party decided that he was going to break that covenant. The other party was completely freed from any obligation, which means I'm no longer beholden in this. Mm. Now, if you don't have to read in the Bible for very long, just read through, you know, first, second Samuel, first, second Kings, first, second Chronicles. And the Philistines were Israel's number one enemy, mm. and they were constantly making war against Israel. That means the Philistines who were in a covenant of peace with Abraham were constantly breaking that covenant of peace, which means the Jews, the Hebrews, were actually no longer obligated to yeah. keep any kind of peace with them. So the human covenant that was made was now non-existent. It was gone. The only covenant that was in existence or in action or in effect was God's covenant with his people. So when, when Ab- again, when Abraham called upon um, God as the everlasting God, El Alam, he was saying, your covenant is eternal. My covenant with um, Abimelech and Phicol has got nothing to do with the land. It's got nothing to do with your promise. I'm trusting your promise for the future, for my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, Right through all of human history for all eternity, this is your covenant. I'm just planning to promise to live in peace with these people. Mm. And he did. It was actually the, the, the covenant was broken by the Philistines repeatedly. And today the Jews remain, but there are actually no Philistines left to this day. And if you look at um, – there's lots of examples actually of El Alam. Uh, in the scripture, Psalm 90 verse 4, it says, For a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it passes by or as a watch in the night. So it's talking about this eternalness mm. of, of God, no beginning, no end. And, and we also read in, um, in um, Peter in the New Testament where Peter was describing a day as like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. Yeah. He, he's specifically trying to say to God, Time is actually irrelevant. Mm. It's it's actually of no consequence because he lives outside of time. Yeah. We're the poor bunnies that actually live <laughs> to a clock and to yeah. deadlines all the time. But God is outside of that. And so when it comes to things of an eternal nature, we are constantly watching the clock. God, when are you going to do this? And when are you going to do that? And when are you going to do the other? And God, you promised this. And God, you promised this. And we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting. And God's going, what do you mean you're waiting? It's only been a second. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's exactly. only been a day. Yeah. And that's because he has this totally different perspective, an eternal perspective. Mm. And, um, and again, I think that's sometimes why we can get so caught up in this life and we forget about the next one to come. Mm. We can think, oh, I've only got 
80 years. I've only got 90 years. Yeah. No, no, not true. Not That's if right. you belong to him. Not if you know him. Mm. It's not just 90 years. It's not just 100 years. It's not 1,000 years. It's forever. That's right. It's absolutely forever. And we find it hard to wrap our head around that because we're bound within this time that's been yeah. created. But, yeah, the Bible talks about that, that we're like a... A whiff of, of yeah, breath a or, or a vapor, you know, like a, yeah. a bit of grass that's going to be faded and gone tomorrow, but uh, that's in comparison to all of eternity. Ab- absolutely. You know, Scripture says that God has actually put eternity in our heart. We know it. You know, even if we think that this is all there is, there is still something within us that longs for more, mm. There's something that longs for forever. Well, there is forever. Here's the real crux of the matter. God is a God of forever. Our, these mortal bodies that we live in here, they're going to come to an end. But our spirit is going to live forever. And the big question is this, where are you going to spend that eternity? Mm. Because God is so eternal, his son is eternal, but his son was the one who paid the price so that our eternity could be assured. And that's the preciousness of the gospel. I mean, that's the... The entire book of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is a story of redemption, of how man got into a mess, how he needed a redeemer, how God sent the redeemer who paid the price so that we could have eternal life. That's the entire story Mm. of the Bible. What are we going to do with it? Eternity is going to be ours. Where are we going to spend it? So I guess it's all about uh, reconciling with El Olam, isn't it? That's the the crux of the matter. We're going to continue to uh, explore some more of the names of God in our next program. Next time, we're going to learn about El Elyon. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.